Welcome to Let's Get Social with me, Philip Twyver, to the Curly Marketer, social media strategist and management. And me, Emer Duffy of Fit Social Media, your social media personal trainer. So if you're confused about social media or not sure what channels to use, well, we've got you covered on Let's Get Social. Friday again. Where did that week go, Emer? Is it Friday again? I know. I can't believe that. Um, ah, but it's not just any Friday. It's the bank holiday weekend. Woohoo! Yeah. yeah. I always start thinking to myself, God, you know, you think there's not enough bank holidays and then they come around real quick. They certainly do. Yeah. You know, you know. Um, oh, and next week we might get to dine out as outdoor hospitality, including restaurants now are supposed to open on the 7th of June now. Fingers crossed. Now, I, I'm hoping that there's no last minute change on that. Um, yeah, I'm trying to figure out when the last time I went out to dinner. Um, a year ago, I'd say, at this stage, if not more. I never get to go anywhere. Oh, I, do you feel sorry for me? I never get to go anywhere. Send me your husband's phone number and I'll send him a few <laughs> kind of sort of texts to see. Get, get it sorted, you know. He probably has me blocked and you blocked, but anyway. Probably, yeah. um, But uh, all I can say is that we give, I think, at this stage, you know, people should be pumping out their content line and building up towards that, you know, with the opening. Um, yeah, a countdown, you know, mm. 10 days till open, six oh. days till you get your lips around that succulent pizza. Very <laughs> 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 hungry here, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, actually, yeah, talk about content. Uh, and that will give people lots of food for thought, wouldn't it? Yeah, it will. Mm-hmm. So you were talking on Instagram recently. People do go check out his Instagram. Uh, he started doing these reels. Uh, Love those really, reels. They're really bad. <laughs> but they're so good. My dancing has gone to a different level. You know. I, John Travolta has nothing on you. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> you were you were highlighting some tools that are uh, quite artistically, I must add. Um, Thank you very much. Uh, will help people be creative when it comes to their mix of content. So... Tell me you're not going to dance again, are you? I won't dance again, but uh, there is a, probably another reel or two in me. I just need to kind of find the right music and uh, okay, okay, get my spinning shoes on. But uh, yeah, no, I actually came across four tools. Mm. Some you may have heard of, some you haven't heard of. But okay. if you're ever looking for content or what's trending, um, mm-hmm. these might be good suggestions. Uh, one is Buzzsumo. Now, it is a paid tool. They do have a free plan, but you can put in, say, topics to find out, well, what kind of content sort of went viral across some of the social media channels. So it's mm. really good. Uber suggests excellent tool for doing a, an SEO review of your site, but they also do have a, a content trends keyword function that you can look at. Google Trends, obviously, it's probably the one that most people know of. You can mm-hmm. find out within your area, your country, what sort of topics, keywords are trending. And then another one that's kind of relatively new, I only came across, is actually set up um, by the founder of uh, Backlinko. It's called explodingtopics.com. Oh, that sounds interesting. So one to to, to look at, you know. Yeah. Um, but that's not all that's hot and trending, Emer. You know, oh. I yes, I have a joke that really takes the biscuit, oh, although will probably make you go crackers. <laughs> I was going to say, I, I think it's time for a tea break. No. <laughs> oh, mother. Uh, yeah. Listen, here we go. Uh, this is, I think this is going. The audience and our guests are going to love this one. What do you call a gingerbread man with one leg? I don't know. Limp biscuit. <laughs> Okay, how much coffee have you had today? 
God. All I have to say is if you find today's joke, it's supposed to be a social media joke. Okay, it's a digital giggle joke. Yeah, I'm going to win you over with those. I know, I know, I know. They are actually getting better. Um, <laughs> I thought maybe you were scraping the bottom of the barrel there for... Uh, Possibly. Well, that's yeah. one for you to digestive. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, you're right to take the biscuit here, aren't you? I am indeed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so anyway, going, moving forward, before we do have to go for a tea break, um, yep. you are in luck. You can catch Philip's previous jokes and indeed our other shows by hopping on to the Let's Get Social podcast on Podbeam, iTunes, Spotify, and the Dublin Site FM website. So today we have another creative person, Mr. T. We are joined by Tara Prendergast, who wears a lot of hats, I must say. She's a business mentor who helps her clients gain clarity, focus, and the know-how to drive their biscuits. Their biscuits, I was going to say. Their Their biscuits forward. forward. (laughs) Yes, ladies and gentlemen, and that was not on purpose. That that was a faux pas. Excellent, Emer. You see? I need a coffee. Um, Anyway. (laughs) Sorry, Tara. She's Senior Program Manager for the Local Enterprise Office in Dunleary and a TEDx speaker too, Philip. And she's also an educator at the Biscuit Factory, Ireland's number one business school for small business owners in the creative space, providing online training for SMEs to turn their creative work into profitable businesses. Also a community advocate with her Facebook group, Bite the Biscuit, where Tara encourages group members with help and for all to share their expertise, knowledge, and experience. So without further ado and lots of dunking, Tara Prendergast, welcome to Let's Get Social. Hi, Tara. Hey, everyone. How's it going? Hey, Emer. Hey, Philip. Thanks a million for having me on. I'm excited to chat to you today. Oh, I'm getting hungry. Actually, talk of biscuits. What's your favorite biscuits, everyone? Oh, I love ginger nut. But it has to be dunked in coffee, though. That's the coffee addict. I would agree. Yeah. 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 I like my bones. I like dark chocolate digestives. Oh, you know, not milk yeah. chocolate, dark chocolate. <gasps> oh, no, 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 no. Yeah. It's got milk. Yeah. 70, 80% cocoa. I'm there with you. Yeah. Uh, I liked yeah. that joke as well, Philip. Fair play to you. That, Thanks. That's a good one. I'm going to see is that. I'm going to see you, is that. You know? Use that. I, I think, uh, yeah, I, I thought that was would, would get Thanks, it. Tara. You're supposed to be on my side. <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, before we go any further, you have given your compliments there to Philip, so that's made him happy. Um, But maybe uh, you could share with us a little more about your journey and how you got started. Sure. So I started my after school um, career wanting to be a painter. So I I, um, entered into the art, uh, the art school journey from from high school and uh, quickly figured out there was no marketing department and (laughs) quit pretty, pretty lively, wondering, well, how am I going to make money from this? Mm. And uh, and so instead of going down the the art school route, I am. started my entrepreneurial journey and opened a uh, a city centre restaurant instead. And that was wow. in 1996. Yeah. So um, I've been running businesses since 1996 um, uh, and I'm showing my age. <laughs> um, and, and as I've gone through my entrepreneurial journey, um, I'm now on business number four. Um, I've, I've learned a lot about business um, and um, academically, 
I skipped all of that and just went in on the ground learning how to, you know, go into like the nearest thing I could find to a blank canvas, Mm. which was an empty shell to create something really cool, which was um, the restaurant business that I started at 19. And uh, built that up and sold it four years later and uh, opened my second business. And sure, look, at I, I had the bug. And um, and yeah, from all, all these, you know, experiences running, running my businesses, um, I had a huge connection always to the art world from meeting, um, you know, fellow artists, from being in that school for those two weeks like (laughs) I I managed to stay in there Um, and and I employed a lot of the people that I met um, and something kind of uh, stuck with me all through my my entrepreneurial journey Um, why are they still uh, working for me in in my businesses and not out making money from their art and it was something Mm. that followed me all the way through um, and really kind of annoyed me that there wasn't that marketing and sales module in art school. And they really struggled with, um, you know, navigating the business side of art. And it wasn't really something that um, was integrated into their academic education. Um, and and, and all, there was almost a distaste to making money around artwork um, mm-hmm. within that world. And, uh, and it was something that I felt had to change. And so um, after I sold my third business, I was kidnapped from Cork and uh, brought to Dublin. Not really, I'm joking. And we moved from <laughs> Cork to Dublin. I, I know the feeling. I, I know the feeling. I, I say that when I'm in Cork. I was kidnapped. It wasn't on purpose. I didn't, you know, leave Cork on purpose. But um, um, so so I sold my 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 business there, and we moved with my young family to Dublin um, with my husband. And really, it was a Okay, I'm. What what do I do now? I've left a very um, a very solid, uh, almost personal brand in Cork City from running businesses and being mm. very ingrained in the community there. And uh, and so coming up to the big smoke, um, yeah. not knowing I, I knew two people, and uh, you know, and I, and really it was that re reinvent moment of oh okay, uh, what do I do now? And so. Um, and so I started to work uh, in, a, in a part-time capacity at a young young family and um, really leaning into understanding and learning about social media. And that was, you know, 2012, 13, 14. And um, I, I spent a lot of time, you know, yourself, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot of learning and testing yeah. and, you yeah. know, so, so ever changing, you know. So. And yeah, and it's always yeah. changing. And so yeah. then in 2015, um, I decided to um set up my current company called Biscuit. Ta-da! Um, <laughs> and and, uh, and Biscuit was a or is uh, a company, you know, and why I said was because it has evolved so much mm-hmm. since then. Uh, I, I began coaching creatives. That was my tagline, you know, biscuit coaching the creative. And so mm-hmm. I I worked one-on-one with people on on a one-to-one capacity and and I quickly figured out, hmm, there's only one of me and there's a gazillion creative people that need help with this stuff. So I I quickly um, 
pivoted over. I know it's a trendy word these days, but I quickly, um, you know, evolved the business over to online, which I'm deeply in now. Um, so, so, so really, it's going back to that initial uh, quitting art school, which was quite traumatic, you know, when you quit mm. the dream, like you know, yeah. um, which was quite traumatic. But it, it, it was the common thread through all my, you know, late nights, you know, staring at the I can't sleep. This is what I'm thinking about. Hmm. Why? 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 And how can I fix this? And so that's how Biscuit, which is what I do now, um, came to be. Um, and, and so now uh, Biscuit is a, a, a busy place <laughs> and, there, you know, we've a, a free community uh, called Bite the Biscuit. And I know, Emer, you're in there and... Um, yeah, it's great. So that's how I, that's how it all kind of happened. <laughs> wow. Um, that's an incredible story. And listen, you know, fair play to you for all of the, the risks that you've mm-hmm. taken. And they've paid off. And for obviously now you're embedded in a niche that is sort of combining your business skill with your love of art, mm-hmm. creativity, etc. Um, like with the creatives that you're working with, um, what are some of the big mistakes that you are see that they're making when it comes to marketing their businesses? There's lots of them. And I think, um, it, you know, that the very first one, and, I, and I, I've kind of picked three that are, that are, you know, heavy out there and that I see all the time. Um, the, the first one, and, and, you know, it comes back to what I just talked about around that, almost huge gap between the creative and the the business um part of living or running a business or you know trying to sell work um creative people don't think they're good business people they 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 believe they're not good at numbers that they you know they're they're creative and 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 i think there's a big lack of confidence in the creative sector around leaning into actually putting on the business hat and learning this stuff and and executing it and i work really heavily on you know that mindset shift that has to happen in the creative sector and um, because creative people are born business people like we are able to adapt we are you know there's a, an abundance of ideas like I mean the, the work ethic is really strong and really admirable in the creative sector that you know um, it's it's the belief and, and I know it's not a mistake but it is actually it, the mistake is that people don't believe that they can do it and so they mm. don't and mm-hmm. um, so that's the first mistake and um, that I see all the time. Um, there are there is no marketing around their work. And mm-hmm. um, the second one um, is when people do build up that confidence and they're, you know, they're starting to to, you know, listen to people like me. And there's lots of other people helping helping uh, uh, small businesses um, and they go, OK, I can figure this out. I can do it. And they, they, they're on Facebook and Instagram and they're doing their thing and they're, you know, that confidence to actually put their work in front of an audience which is a huge um moment as well that to have that confidence is uh, people aren't asking for a sale which is quite different to other businesses where the the focus is on the sale and um, when in the creative sector the focus is is my work good enough 
Do yeah. they like it? The sale is lost in translation, you know, and mm. it's shoved in underneath canvases and kind of ignored. And I really think it's because of going back to art school and the art world where there's a huge gap between making money from your artwork. And, you know, from talking to thousands of uh, creatives at this stage, um, the big uh, um, repetition that comes back to me all the time is, I'm not supposed to want to make money from my work. I'm selling mm. out. And yeah. my, I understand it, but my, my, I always say, well, do you want to create work all the time? Is that the dream? Do you want to survive from just being in your studio and making and being, you know, full-time doing what you love? You have to make money from it or else you're going to have to get a part-time job or a full-time job to support. And then it's a hobby. It's completely different, like, you know. And so there is that real um, struggle with actually asking for a sale because of that mindset around selling. So that's the second um, mistake I see. Um, And the thing is, creative people are, once they get into a flow, they're really active on social media and they're putting their work out there and they're really paying attention and they're turning up and they're consistent, all those things that they're told to do. But they still come back saying, I'm not making any money. Why am I not selling? Like, you know, it must be my work. And that's mistake number three. Mm. It's creative people blaming their work for no sales when actually when you dive deeper into it, it's well, when's the last time you put up a price or asked people for a sale? Mm-hmm. Where's your sales content? There mm. is none. Like it's just your work. So you're attracting the wrong audience. But you're attracting your peers and other artists. They're not your customers. Well, maybe they are. But do you know even who your customer is? What type of artist buys your work? Mm-hmm. You know, and so that's the third mistake blaming their work for no sales. And I want to highlight as an example of when I saw this in real real life and, real, you know, as a, as a story, um, a lady I worked with, um, I've been working with for years now, Miriam Fitzgerald Juskova, and I had to write that down because I always get her name wrong. So she'd be delighted with me for getting her name right. I always go, Miriam Fitzgerald, uh, hang on, sorry. <laughs> Um, so Miriam Fitzgerald uh, Juskova and Miriam um, is an amazing artist she creates three-dimensional geometric artwork and it's all from paper you should check her out gang she's just incredible and when I chatted to Miriam first and she came into the biscuit world first and she um, you know she did a workshop with me and then she became a student in the biscuit factory which is our private membership community and Miriam was at the very beginning of this journey of um, of developing her artwork. And um, she was really excited because the local library, and she's from a rural enough area in, in Ireland, and she, she, she was so thrilled. She was like, yay, I have my first exhibition. I'm, you know, down in the local library. I'm so excited. Like, and we were all like, yay, brilliant. Mm. And, you know, it happened on the Friday and she was, you know, framing and like her work's incredible. And she, um, so she did the exhibition and she came back in on, on the Monday to report back into the group how she got on. And she was like, I'm giving up. This is like, I can't do this. Nobody bought anything. Well, actually her aunt bought something. Um, you know, just there was one sale and the, the narrative around the room about her work was, oh, it's all amazing, but it's way too expensive. So her feeling then was, oh, 
my my work is way too expensive. Who do I think I am charging, you know, this money for that? I mean, it's paper, it's my work, it's it's that's why I'm not selling. Mm-hmm. And we, you know, supported her on this. And I was like, no, it's not. You just put it in the wrong place. You're mm-hmm. that, that work is not for a local library. Now mm-hmm. you know where not to put your work. Don't blame the work. And now, like four years later, Miriam is selling her work for five times that price point that was in the library that day and she's exhibiting in the UK and most recently in two galleries in the States so she's international now and and that that was her dream but if if she did not have that support or someone saying hang on a second she would not be doing what she's doing right now and making money and building that really strong brand around her amazing work and again that that would come down to things like you know her content that she would be putting out on social media and stuff like that wouldn't it be you know Um, yeah and I and I think as well it's 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 the content on social media mm -hmm. it's the it's it's also even coming off social media specifically for Miriam's um Miriam's strategy would mm-hmm. be galleries, which is, you know, very much a networking, you know, uh, pitching and having that very spe- specific message towards galleries and mm-hmm. doing the big shows and really pushing herself um, to turn up in that arena, which is quite different to the social media, you know, the, the customer buying on social media. You know, it's it's quite a different world and needs a, a specific piece of attention but she definitely it enabled her to get more confident with putting her stuff on social media and of course because she's connected to galleries now they're all sharing each other's content on social media which has an, a snowball effect so um yeah yeah so, so like so if she's doing like events she would be like maybe live streaming um sort of putting up photographs video all that kind of thing yes um actually talking of content then what tips would you kind of advise for, uh, say, a creative person out there that's got starting off in their business, what would be good for them as a good content mix? So I teach about the seven pillars of content. um, And what I see all the time, um, which flips back to why am I not making any sales, Tara, like, you know, is people just posting their work. End result, Picture is beautiful, curated, it all looks wonderful. But when you land on their social, it's all um, the same content. And so, mm-hmm. as you said, Imer, having a mix of content is really important. Mm-hmm. And I would always um, suggest to people to, you know, I, I like I work with seven pillars of content, which is the first one is my story. And this is another confidence thing of mm-hmm. understanding that, you know, your work is the end product, but what got you to your work? Like, you know, the intro into this uh, discussion, Philip was like, wow, that story is really interesting, you know? And so do I share that? Sure, I put it out there because it's part of me and I'm the one creating my brand and what I do. So creatives, it's leaning into their story and making sure they're sharing that first moment they picked up a brush or why they're working with polyclamer clay and I can never say that word either <laughs> you know we're there with you there on that one I so I think there has to be a mix like uh, because mm. if the, if it's a, um, a continual look at my beautiful product at the end 
people are a not taking on any kind of journey of well a work in progress what is that made from metal or is it like plastic stuff like you know I think people need to bring people on a journey but not just the product journey it's the creator creator's journey as well mm. of you know their story their backstory how they feel about things like their opinion on things and their values like you know sharing tips and 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 um insights into not the art world but people always go what when I say this you know you're not in the art world unless you're Miriam who's very specific with her content and what she's putting out there for galleries and that world you're in the interior space or the gift market space so make sure you're talking to people that are interested in interiors and the gift market mm-hmm. and figure out where your um, business and your offer is sit. And that's what you need to start curating into your content as well. So instead of, hey, you know, this is how you stretch a canvas on this type of board. And this is the thing that you use to, to prime the canvas. Like your potential customer won't really be interested in this. You're attracting other artists. What they will be interested in is, This is how you hang a canvas this size with two other pictures this size. And these are the Ikea frames you can buy or use. Oh, I like the side of that because I can never, ever hang a picture. Exactly. So it's understanding, A, the industry that you're sitting in, you're trying to serve. And B, how can you actually help them in relation to what you're offering Mm -hmm. rather than just this is my product look at my product how beautiful it is think about I think we have to think broader on the topic that we're actually sitting in um yeah I totally agree with you like I think it is a it is an issue across all businesses you know that whole Mm -hmm. strategic piece as in who is your customer what are their needs and wants and interests and all Mm -hmm. of that and exactly as you've pointed there you know, for artists and creatives who are maybe talking about the the tools and the process and the mixing, that'll attract maybe fellow artists. But the person, like you said, who just wants to, well, should I use a hook or a string or get the picture aligned or should it be mm-hmm. framed with glass or not framed with glass or just canvas hang or whatever it might be, that's what the person is going to buy the the, the picture or the element um, is what they're interested in. Um, like, I suppose, as we mentioned at the start, like uh, social media is changing constantly every day. Um, we have platforms such as TikTok, um, Instagram Reels, which I've sort of embraced a bit myself. Unfortunately. Um, <laughs> uh, well, the, that the feedback, according to my analytics, is that I'm loved. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you're um, great on reels, oh, thanks so much. Thank you. Uh, see there, Emer. You know, there's a, a happy, come on, Emer. Get on, <laughs> get on, get on board. Listen, if, uh, I give him, if I give him, like, you know, a big head here, like, you know, we'll be able to get to the studio when we that's find it. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I suppose where I was coming from with the question was, you know, particularly with, say, business owners and especially in your space, you know, do you find that as more online platforms are coming on board? Is there a temptation for business owners and maybe your community to kind of think, oh, I better be on that? Or is, should they be a more of a focus on, listen, you know, jump on the Facebook and the Instagram, maybe a Pinterest, mm-hmm. get somewhat of a clarity on something moving on them, and then maybe think of a TikTok or, or a Reel or whatever it might be. 
Yeah, I think um, I think that's a great topic. I think the danger is if you keep jumping from to all the new shiny things, are you giving the platforms that you've already established um, or are the platforms that you know your target audience are in, are you optimizing them enough? Yeah. Um, and I'd always say that to people like, make sure you have a process, a content plan, you know, getting some results on a platform before you start going onto another platform. Um, saying that though, um, you know, I think you have to again, go back to, well, who is my target audience and what am I selling? So for, um, you know, people like us that are selling services, like we teach social media and we help businesses Mm -hmm. grow so we need to understand and learn about the new platforms and the new tools that's part of our um our business right but when you're a small business owner and you're creating your product and then you have to go over here and you know set up all the packaging and then do the marketing and and if you keep adding layers on that you start becoming a marketer and 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 there's lots of different ways to market like there's lots that plan to reach prospects or and turn them into customers is not just social media Mm. there's other really important um channels that enable those sales also and i think we can get caught into the trending um you know what everyone seems to be doing thinking I need to be over on TikTok now well hang on a second where are you are you making sales on Facebook or Instagram and why not like what's happening there first Mm -hmm. and for me Instagram and and um, what and I'd like to highlight like for for Instagram we have to look at what they're future plans are so they're you know turning into a shoppable you know big seo platform where people can find things that they're looking for and they're really Mm -hmm. leaning into that and so as you know selling products um i think it's really important that creative people look at well this is where i can actually sell my product on the app like they can just click the thing and bring it right into my product i can make sales here Mm -hmm. Um, and so i think it's really important to um, understand, well, who am I selling to? Are they on Instagram or Facebook? Um, And, you know, TikTok is an amazing platform for exposure. And I think, you know, if you're in the service-based industry, it's even more impactful because um, people are on there to be educated rather than being sold products, like as far Mm -hmm. as I can see. Now I'm using TikTok because my Reels keeps uh, disappearing on my Instagram. So I'm using it as a solution to make my wow. you know, Insta reels, like I guess I'm yeah. bringing them over because I don't, I, my reels keeps um, disappearing. So, so I'm Pretty using strange. it like that. Like I'm using it. Okay. How am I going to, you know, yourself when you're mm. running a business gang and this, this is a big learning in business, like, yeah. There's always going to be obstacles. Things will break. Stuff won't, you know, you won't have reels. You have to find a solution. So that's why you should go over to TikTok so you can get on the real journey if it makes sense to your business. If you you have your other processes in place and you want more exposure, reels is giving people more exposure. Mm -hmm. So I think um, to add a lot of 
platforms to your already heavy workload, you really need to stop and look at what's happening first before you make that decision. And just with Pinterest as well, just to say, um, like Pinterest is an, is an amazing tool to be found on. But mm-hmm. when you choose Pinterest, you have to make sure that you're blogging. So you need blogs on Pinterest to make it um, really effective for you. Mm-hmm. Um, so can you integrate that blog content creation into your already heavy workload? And does that make sense for you? So I think it's really stopping and kind of looking at your business before you decide to, to react to what's trending. Yeah. My, my concern always is like, you don't want to overwhelm yourself, you know, yeah. um, because yeah. then your, your motivation goes right down. You go, oh, yeah. And business is hard enough for giving yourself yeah. more overwhelm. Oh, yeah. Is, you know, exactly. So. And then you stop doing it because it's so yeah. overwhelming and you just want to start crying. Like, yeah. yeah. And, then, and then I always say to people, remember it's social media and okay, do your posts and do your hashtags and yeah. have the right content going out. But there's the other side of it, Philip. And as you know, mm-hmm. you've got to engage with your yeah, audience yeah. and engage with other people, you know, uh, following those hashtags and whatever else. Um, have you any tips on that, uh, Tara, for anyone out there that might be a little bit kind of, oh, where do you begin? Yeah, so so I think um, I think when you're posting content, um, like scheduling is always a great thing to do because it frees up the time then to actually engage. Yeah. Um, so I definitely recommend, well, well uh, I use later.com. Oh, so do um, I. I love it. Yeah, I love later. And so... Um, I use that and mm. um and so you know, which is great because it it, it kind of triggers the planning process. And I'm a real plan nerd. Mm-hmm. Um because y- you feel like you're stepping back a few steps because you're not active on social media, you might need to take two days off to sit down and plan initially. Mm-hmm. But it's mm-hmm. really important as it saves time as you go. Um, but definitely to schedule engagement, and this comes back a lot with um with the creative sector or anyone selling products um or services is Jeannie Mac, I've spent like all of Friday night and Saturday night back and forth with four people and they never bought anything like, you know, and I like all this engagement and messaging and, you know, and nothing has come out of it. And my big tip with that is if you see a pattern with the questions that people are asking you, make sure that you either on your website or if you don't have a website yet, you create a guide. That's an Instagram feature on Instagram of frequently ask questions or have it in the highlights of your of your profile that you can send people to and what you want is instead of you know the back forth back forth back forth you know it all comes back to that filtering of that exposure you're Mm -hmm. moving them closer to try to turn them into customers not necessarily chat to them for eight hours about their aunt and uncle liking Mm -hmm. bananas like you know so it has to be more strategic your engagement and making sure that you have solutions to that back and forth by ideally sending them to your website to a frequently asked questions page, or you could do a frequently asked questions live stream on Instagram or Facebook or both and mm-hmm. have that pinned to the top of your, in Facebook, you could have a pin to the top of your page showing you and your product and all the questions that they might ask and, mm-hmm. and talking to your customers like you talk to them on DM as well, you know? So mm-hmm. it's, it's trying to save time with this one and not get caught in that um, rabbit hole of engagement either um, because it can be, 
head melting like as well and also putting in boundaries to when you do engage and you know not um, having to feel like you have to have big discussions with people at 9, 10, 11 o'clock on a Saturday night. Like, oh, yeah. Um, yeah. I think that's really important. And I think mm. people are afraid. Well, if I don't, if I don't answer them straight away, I might lose the sale. Like, yeah, but you also, what about your mind and your life? Like, and self-care yeah, and I agree. Self-worry, I so agree. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I think it's a critical thing for every business owner to remember that while you are running a business and you obviously you want to make money and grow, you still have to, especially in these weird circumstances of, of COVID, which we're starting to see a bit of light at the end of the tunnel, but you still need to self-care and not lose all of the um i suppose the elements of balance in your life you know um like if they're genuine customers they will wait they'll hang on and once you're back say on a, on a monday morning you know mm-hmm. um like from your experience of working with the creative community and this probably applies to a lot of business owners when you come across a creative client who is maybe a little wary of using social media for their business. Uh, How do you sort of get them to see it from a different point of view or get more, maybe I'll give it a go, uh, et cetera. Well, I, I would always say, you know, everybody is on social media, whether they like it or not, everyone uses social media. They're either using it for personal or for their business or, you know, a lot of people both. And so if you want to get the exposure that you need to increase traffic to your product or service um, and, you know, start building that customer journey, then social media enables you to do that in a much quicker way. You can ignore it and that's okay too, but the reality is that now um, people go to social media to check brands out and to see are they Mm. and there's a real distrust if a website or you meet someone no I'm not on social media why like what are you trying to hide (laughs) and I think there's a real disconnect there with the trust element even Mm. though there's a huge distrust of social media it's kind of ironic isn't it but yeah um, but um but I think it's really important and, and even you know as we go back into networking again and you know um meeting people in human form which will be amazing you know I think people will especially because Instagram has really you know over the pandemic blown up um with with small businesses um I, I think people will use their Instagram handles as their business cards um, there and then, hey, Imer, how's it going? Oh, you're on Instagram. I'll follow you there and DM me, you know, so yeah. you're connecting rather than having all this paper and like stuff that you, you lose anyway. <laughs> like, and, and it's oh, yeah. Or you forget to bring them with you. Exactly. And then you feel awful, right? So this is a, so I think if you're not on, on social media, I think it, again, it, it, it's, it's that trust trigger, isn't it? And also that it enables you to follow up with people that you meet in real life, even if you're not heavily active and strategic with what you're doing on social media yet, if you mm-hmm. just start even like that, like uh, using it as a tool to supplement your offline activity. Um, and just keeping it active so people can find you, you know. Um, yeah. but, but I think it's a it's the way the world's going. And if you don't kind of embrace it, you're leaving money on the table, like, mm. you know. 
Yeah, yeah. because people want to engage through those channels, you know, and if you're not there, well, they'll go to the person who is there, you know. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. and it's interesting. I I read a stat the other day. um, 76% of customers are willing to have a social conversation. And that's really interesting because the platforms are designed, especially Instagram. And you can see Facebook are trying to do that too with the, you know, the, you know, reply and then message next to it. So you can directly message someone. It's really trying to engage that whole um, process, but um, they're built for that messaging and and direct conversation and, and which is really difficult via email. Like you're trying to get engagement and reply to people on email and, and, and people are much more likely to talk to you and engage with you on social media. Yeah, because you're more likely to unsubscribe from an email where when I work with clients, I say, look, you make sure you have WhatsApp for business and then that can connect with your Facebook page and then you can have a WhatsApp for business button on the Facebook page. Exactly. It's enabling the connection, right? And I think, you know, it's just trying to find all all the different ways to do that without, um, you know, Mm. overwhelming your poor brain in the process yeah, <laughs> oh yeah absolutely very yeah. true and it kind of keeps everybody kind of focused and um, actually talking to facebook facebook you know as you know it's it's really been kind of championing the meaningful communities uh as in groups um so they offer spaces like your own uh tara with like-minded people uh you have an amazing community and i should know because i'm in it um and can you tell us and anyone else out there that hasn't heard of you, all about the amazing Bite the Biscuit Facebook group. So Bite the Biscuit is um, Jeannie Mac. It's really the mothership. Like it's it's an amazing resource um, for small businesses. Not And a lot of people come in saying, I'm not sure I'm supposed to be here. I'm not an artist. And actually, you know, there's a wide variety of people that are just mm. really passionate and skillful mm. and are really eager to um, share their knowledge and resources with each other. And it's a group that has, you know, we've, we've almost 10,000 members now. Um, oh, it, it, Congratulations. Yeah. Oh, thanks. Oh, thanks. To be honest, I I forget to look at that bit. I'm so interested in the engagement number rather than the number of of people. But it is, it's a brilliant, almost at that milestone now. Mm. Um, And and, and the beauty about Bite the Biscuit, I, I feel, is that it's a curated space so not everybody can hop in and you know a lot of the time I was told you know you're mental to be spending every Monday like an hour going through 150 people making sure that they're not going to come in and spam the group and it was a really important strategic decision for me to make sure that the space is aligned to its purpose which is to celebrate creativity mm-hmm. to you know have a safe space that needs no rules and that's that was another thing that mm. I thought you can't have a group with no rules what do you mean I can't of course not. <laughs> creatively. do you know who I am <laughs> yeah let's break the rules let's have no rules <laughs> um, and, and it's funny you know just to anchor if you know if you are a creative and you know that you know we're not not that we're not good with rules but we like breaking them and we like um mm. in a safe way but we like you know flipping things over and doing things a different way to discover another way of doing things. And that's inbuilt in us. And, um, and so, uh, you know, it's interesting how the group has evolved into this really safe, 
place that has little or no spam over six years I've had to you know twice I've had to ask people to leave Mm -hmm. Um, and it's not me going don't do that it's the community that decides and that's something that's ingrained in the culture in there that if something isn't cool and it's posted in it's left there but nobody engages on it and nobody comments on it and it's let slide and there's no argument and there's no aggro and it's um, and 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 it's a funny one I did you know it was a real gamble with this work like that are we able to self-regulate this space? And it so works. It's just incredible. And it's a place where people are sharing, you know, where to get the right hooks for this thing. I'm looking for a framer. I'm looking for a gift for my 40-year-old husband. I'm whatever it is. And the threads go mental with people helping each other. And a real thing. Philip should get in there and ask for some decent social media jokes. Mm. He should. Oh, Jeannie Mac, absolutely. And you know... (laughs) That's so mean. <laughs> it, it is mean, Tara. Very mean. Aww. <laughs> <laughs> but, you're, but you're right, Eve-Marie. You're so right. It's, it's asking for help. For You could ask for help for Philip. Say, I have this friend. who is nothing wrong with <laughs> me, all right? I'm going to ask, how do I deal with a real obstreperous uh, co-host? You know, any... any there's nothing you wrong with me. You have to buy me some biscuits. <laughs> but it, but it, it's a great place to 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 celebrate being weird as well and and having weird call outs like that and mm-hmm. not being afraid to be judged or to be uh, ridiculed of, about being different and I think in the creative sense that's great actually yeah, that is great because everyone's kind of feeling oh I have to be like everybody and yeah I can't yeah. you can't and, and especially for creative people who struggle with um you know, feeling like an imposter going to networking events where everyone's in suits and have, you know, all yeah. these proper in, in inverted comma jobs. And they're like, ah, I make teapot like I can't go there. And I mean, my big flowery thing with a million tattoos and piercings, I can't, I won't feel OK. Yeah. And this is the mm. space to celebrate that and build their confidence to be able to go to the networking events and be OK with it, you know. Mm. And it's a really important piece of work um, in there. Um, so yeah, I'm very passionate about Bite the Biscuit. It's a great yeah. old space altogether. Um, well, yeah. it's, a, it's a it's a credit to you, Tara. Um, nice. Like the community you've created, because like I've a lot of very good friends who would have been, say, graphic designers and art directors from my old agency days, um, copywriters, and they are the most fascinating interesting individuals because they look at life like a very quick story because I know we are coming to the end uh, of this fascinating interview Tara but I remember when I was working in the Asia a very good close friend of mine um, Marcus Byrne such an amazing art director and graphic designer and effects illustrator and we were driving to an agency party and the two of us I was a, an account handler client service he's the creative we were in the back seat we were going to the agency party and he was looking out the window and he was going wow would you look at that and I'm looking at the window uh, <laughs> what, what, what are you looking at would you look at the way the architecture on the ceilings of the Dublin buildings as we're going and I was kind of going yeah uh, how far to the bar <laughs> And he was and he was mesmerized by how the arc and I was going, gee, what are you on, man? You know. 
Uh, so it's just, um, yeah. but yeah, no, I, I definitely never met kind of in, incredible uh, mm. uh, artists and stuff. And I, my house is always an awesome how they yeah. can create what they create, you know, because uh, I just create disaster. But listen, Tara, it has been a pleasure speaking with mm. you if people want to find out more about you and what you do and especially if they are creatives and they want to yeah. get in contact where can they go so the first place you could go is the biscuitfactory.ie so all the information Perfect. is on there about the community um, mm-hmm. and also we've just launched um the biscuitbusinessschool.com which is our new mm-hmm. venture um, congratulations Thank you. Um, And so um, this is like for, it's a curriculum based uh, learning for creatives, like uh, through workshops and programs. So that's that. And so, and you can, you know, Instagram is a great place to find me. I'm, I'm trying to do reels uh, if it'll come back onto my profile, but I'm I'm on there and I'm always um, open for DMs and and also Mm -hmm. email. So Tara at biscuit.ie and people, you know, always email me asking me for help on certain things I'm, I'm always happy to direct them to the correct place so mm-hmm. I look forward to helping more creative people and changing the future for creatives that's my goal well that's brilliant Tara because I tell you you know if we were all the same wouldn't life be boring that's so. right that's right <laughs> thank you so much thank you yeah. so much for yeah. having me gang thank yeah you. no I think uh, with all the business you, you've opened and successfully moved mm. on from I think uh, we'll probably be seeing you uh, on Dragon's Den next as a, as a dragon or something. Oh. So just remember us, Tara. Just remember us where, where it all started. We stand so. in front of you, Tara, and you go, no, next. Yeah. I have this idea for a joke business, Tara. Get out. Get out and close the door. <laughs> Chris's crackers. Chris's crackers. Yeah. Um, you know, so listen, Tara, cheers for, for today and uh, do come back and see us soon. Absolutely. Definitely. Yeah, we'll definitely yeah. keep in touch. Uh, so wishing you every continued success. And all I have to say now is if you enjoyed today's show, you can catch it again and the other shows on the Let's Get Social Show podcast on Podbean, iTunes, Spotify, and of course on the Dublin South FM website. So do please download and subscribe so you won't miss an episode. And all this left to say is I've been Philip Twyford, for the Curdy Marketer. I've been Eamir Duffy of It's Social Media. And we'll see you again soon for some more Let's Get Social. See you then. Bye.